Hey y'all, it's Rara. I just wanted to say that from now on, we will be putting all trigger warnings in the episode description, which makes it easier for us to go back and edit them later if we need to. Hope you enjoy the episode and remember to read those episode descriptions if you have a particular trigger. Because, because I'm a hot girl. I do hot shit. Hot shit. Hot shit. Welcome to the Hot Girl Agenda, the freest Britney podcast on the left. (laughs) (laughs) The most freeing of Britney. Yeah, we we support it the hardest. Leave Britney alone. Ultimate freedom. Leave her alone, damn it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, welcome to the podcast. We got a lot of cool topics going on this week. But first of all, oh, hey, Yessie. Hello, co-host. Hi, how are you? What's up, co-host? Hey, 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 hey. Um, Yeah, so we did some hot girl shit this week. Yessie, what was your hot girl shit? Okay, so I don't know if this is hot girl shit or just like complete fucking sap loser shit, but I celebrated my 12-year Twitter anniversary this week. Nice. Yeah, I've been putting in 12 years at the tweet factory, (laughs) um, you know, churning out those takes and... Getting in those replies. Um, whenever Twitter sends out like your Twitterversary graphic and they're like, we're so happy you're here. It makes me like hyper aware of my mortality and how I oh my am God, wasting yes. my vital life source. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I totally feel you on that. I've I've trying to spend less and less time on Twitter because I honestly feel like my life gets better when I'm not on Twitter as much. It's so it's, sad. But it's true. <laughs> it's so true. And, and, and here's the thing is like I feel like so my friend uh, Flynn, who was just on our show, came over the other day and we're talking about Twitter. Um, he came over for dinner and we're talking about Twitter. And my husband, who is not on Twitter, was like. Why is it that everyone on this website talks so disparagingly about it? Like, why are you there if you all hate it so much? And we both just looked at him with this, like, pain. Yeah. Just dead-eyed pain. Because it's just like, good question. Good question. (laughs) I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. But I've been there for 12 years. So, um, yeah, follow me. Congrats. Yeah. And yeah, we'll we'll add your at in our episode description. <laughs> I stopped I stopped doing that for a while, but I'm going to start doing it again cuz you know what? We all deserve more clout. We yeah. we deserve more clout. Uh we put in our work, we put in the time. We've got good takes, you know. It's time. It's time to upgrade. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that is that is really funny though because I think I've been on Twitter since like 2012. Okay. And it's just weird because I started Twitter to just be a funny comedian on the internet yeah. and to get a platform. And now, now I'm like uh, even more radicalized than I was in 2012. Hell so. yeah. Pretty cool. And I've met a lot of cool comrades on there too. You know, it's been a great way to meet a ton of awesome people um, and to laugh at a lot of bad people. So honestly, yeah. I we all complain about it, but we wouldn't be there if there were some like net positives, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah, Hard agree. Exactly. Yeah. So what was your what was your hot girl shit today? I mean, this week. Um, so my hot girl shit this week is kind of like twofold. 
Um, so this morning I had to wake up at like 6.30 a.m. so I could get to traffic court at 8 a.m. Woof. Um, yeah, I think I might have mentioned this on the pod a couple episodes ago or like last month when it happened, but I, I got pulled over because I just I accidentally ran a red light and I was going super fucking slow. It was really embarrassing. Um, and it was literally I wasn't being careless. I was I was just distracted. I was driving my two comrades home from an organizing dinner and I was in a neighborhood I wasn't really familiar with and I was like navigating on my phone um, because I my dash holder was like messed up. So uh-huh. I was holding it in my hand, listening to music, listening to my comrades talk, trying to pay attention to the road at the same time. Mm-hmm. And even though I've tried to be a multitasker my whole life, um, my ADHD brain is like, why do you keep doing this? You're not good at it. You should stop trying to multitask. Um, and then I rolled through a red light at like 25 miles an hour. Fuck. Like a freaking dork. Uh, no. <laughs> so I had to go to traffic court today and it was really nerve wracking. It was like it was a really small like municipal court. So it wasn't in like a uh, like the courthouse was like also where they had like an American Legion Hall and then like I think a community center or something like that. Oh, weird. It was. Yeah. Like so we all went in the same room and it was just like plastic chairs, plastic tables. And then no like the away. judge, the judge and then the court, not stenographer, but I don't I don't want to say court secretary. What are they? I don't know. Court. I, yes. I'm going to say court secretary. Like. Court reporter, court reporter. Court reporter, yeah. I should know this. I was a paralegal for, like, a million years. I should fucking know. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that broad. Yeah, I guess she was, like, like, handing off the paperwork to the judge or getting it from the judge or whatever. Um, And so we were all in this big room, so we all heard each other's, like, you know, traffic court stories. And some people were, like you know, driving on suspended licenses and disturbing the peace and, Mm -hmm. you know, speeding. And... I was Red like banking. On, I was banking on the officer that pulled me over not being there, but he was totally there. And I he was, was like, there. He was there. That never happened. That never happened. But it was like he wasn't. He wasn't there. He was like there working at the court. So I was like, oh man, I got pulled over in like a really like tight like area where the cop always shows up because he's mm-hmm. like one of five cops in the area or something. I have no idea. I got really intimidated though because I was like fuck he's gonna like I can't I feel weird about this now I was like all ready to talk to the judge until like this shit happened and I didn't know the court procedures so when it was explained to me I was just like I was like oh that's oh they don't just call me up and I don't just explain myself right away you have to enter a plea before you actually can state your case right and the only time you can even talk about your case is if you say that you're guilty or or like guilty with an explanation or not guilty and then they just reschedule it Mm -hmm. and then they're also like you can also plead no contest nolo contendere or yep nolo contendere yeah yolo contendere more like uh, (laughs) that's hot girl because i was like (laughs) so it's such a cheap shot (laughs) So I went up, they called my name and I went up and they were like, well, do you want to do guilty, non-guilty or no low? And I was like, I had them explain it to me over again because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have a really good case for not guilty because like I ran through, I accidentally ran through two red lights because the first one was an accident. And then the second one, I was like, oh, I have to pull off the road in a safe spot to 
to be pulled over, right? Mm-hmm. And I rolled through, like, the next red light on accident, like, doing that because I was kind of, like, flustered and nervous. Totally. So so on the report, it says, yeah, rolled through two red lights, no braking, said she was distracted. And I was like, damn it, I don't know if I could, like, get a not guilty out of this. Like, and if I don't, and if I am seen guilty, it would be, it might be points on my license. Oh, no. So, so with the NOLO... Apparently, and okay, so at least in Georgia, you can you can plead no contest uh, like once every five years for the same like charge, basically. So I was like, well, this is the first time I've been pulled over in like over ten years. So mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't like a regular thing that happens to me. So I was like, okay, to, to avoid the points on my license and to avoid having to like, miss another day of work or whatever, yeah, I'll just plead no no contest and then just pay the fee. So now I got to pay a freaking $211 court fee um, by the 17th, which oh is like... Oh, my God. That's so soon. It's it's so soon, but it's like I, I can do it. It's mm-hmm. just really irritating because it's basically like a whole ass shift at work for me. And yeah. a whole ass shift at work for me is like, you know, it's fucking stressful. It's not fun these days. <laughs> So I'm just like, ugh. So that was my hot girl shit, because now I have a no contest traffic violation on my record. Um, so yeah, all hot girls have records, though, right? Like, it's Yeah. Like, rap sheet? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I got a rap sheet. It's uh, cute. I wish it was for something cooler. I mean, you know. Like espionage <laughs> or something. No, here's the fucking thing about the court system, is like, they're like... Okay, they, they they make it difficult so that you feel like all you can do is pay the fine because they make so mm-hmm. much fucking money off that off those fines. So they make it hard. And like, mm-hmm. you know, even in situations where like, you know, it's very clearly like, you know, you could contest something, like mm-hmm. it's still really hard to do that and meanwhile, you accrue uh late fees for the process. Like so for example, um I got a parking ticket or my yeah I got a parking ticket and they sent it to the wrong address my old address in my old town and even though I had updated my address because different departments in the California DMV don't talk to each other so even though I had updated my address this particular department didn't know that and that's not my fault but whatever it now it is so there's all these late fees so I'm like okay well I want to contest the late fees and I talked to the city of LA and they were like you know, you could contest them, but that takes 14 to 16 days and you'll accrue late fees anyway. What? Yeah. And then they, and I bullshit. talked to the DMV and I was like, you know, can you can you help me with this? Like, because it's your fault. And they were like, it's our fault, but like we can't do anything about it and you're still going to get late fees. So Yay. you should just pay it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the other route is like, OK, you hire a lawyer, but then it's like you're paying there, too. And it's just like it's, yeah. it's a racket against poor people. It is a racket against poor people because, you know, in my mind the whole time because I was because I didn't know the whole process ahead of time. And I, and this was really that that was my fault. I really should have, like, looked into it more beforehand. But, you know, a bitch is busy. Yeah. I'm fucking busy with regular life shit. I thought I didn't know, like, the procedure. And mm-hmm. this is not, like, common knowledge because there's no TV shows about traffic court, you know, like. <laughs> I, I know how to be on a witness stand. Like, yeah. I don't know how to fucking, like, go through traffic court. So they it's it was just weird. Um, and so I pled no contest because I was like, listen, I could, like, it's just a low enough amount, like, or it's just a high enough amount where I'm like, okay, I think I can pay this. Like, it'll be fine. It's a mm. massive inconvenience for me. But yeah. 
the alternative is dragging this out and getting my court date moved like a month later and then having to talk to a public defender and then possibly still getting points off my license because I didn't really have a strong case if I was going to plead not guilty. Like I just I wasn't feeling good about about it. There was a lot of evidence to the contrary anyway. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I could go up there and do the whole like, hey, I have ADHD and I was distracted, uh, da, da, da. But judges don't like when you make fucking excuses like that and shit. And I was like, this guy seemed like kind of a hard ass. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking get this over with. Whatever. Um, but it, yeah, I felt for some of the people there. Like one guy, I think he had like a speeding ticket, but it was like, I think it was for speeding, but he was going like 66 and like a 35 and he got fined like $700, Holy which is shit. Ab- Absurd. It was That's absurd. Awful. Yeah. And I was just like, and you know, like there were, you know, it was mostly black and brown people in there mm-hmm. with me. There were a couple white people, but really not that many. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like really like, oh, this is horrible. Like I can't imagine being in here for something that was like more serious, like a DUI. Yeah. You know, like that would have been like wait. But I was like so stressed out. And I was like, why am I so stressed out? It's literally, I just ran a red light. Like I felt like a fucking criminal sitting there. Like yeah. I felt like I had done something really, really wrong. And like intellectually, I was like, no, I'm fine. It was an accident. Like, it's not that serious. No one was hurt. I wasn't speeding when it happened. There was literally hardly any danger. Right. So but like that mentality that I was in there and I saw everyone else look the same way, too. We we are all just like, you know, really quiet and like Uh really like, oh, God, like nervous. And so it's like it's interesting being on that side of things now because, you know, I don't. I haven't really had that many run-ins with the cops outside of protests and stuff. Yeah. Um, And even then, like, I've been very lucky. Nothing serious has really happened compared to some of my comrades. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, it was very stressful. And it made me feel like uh, it made me feel bad, you know? Yeah. yeah, And and I don't like waking up at 6.30 a.m. to fucking go be told I have to pay $200 (laughs) to the state. Like, fuck it. That's (laughs) Um, so shitty. But the upside of that is I did see the sunrise completely sober for the first time, like, (laughs) in years. (laughs) Um, Not that I'm, like, staying up super late, like, watching the sunrise all fucked up. But, like, it was nice. It was like, oh, this is beautiful. The weather was nice. It was cute. The really only negative part of my week so far, I think. (laughs) Honestly, takeaway here, sunrises are cute. The intricacies Mm -hmm. of the court, not so much. And I feel like that's a perfect sort of segue into our first topic. Queen Brit Brit, Britney Spears. Yes. Oh, man. So what's up with that? So on, I think it was Tuesday, her father, uh, Jamie Spears, finally filed the end for... (laughs) Of the end of her conservatorship, exactly. Boo, boo him, boo that man. Um, but yeah, like so, this was like a really sh- shocking to everyone. Yeah. Although I've I've noticed like there has been people following it more more closely, that, and I could tell in all the comments for um for like the Associated Press article. Mm-hmm. But there's been speculation that they don't that that Jamie Spears does not want another conservator to get a hold of all the information about his conservatorship. Because it will show that there's evidence of him, like, stealing from her and also, like, abusing the system and abusing her. So what he's trying to do is instead of have that happen, he's trying to cover his ass and just be like, oh, oh, she says she can take care of herself. So um, we're going to I'm just going to file to end it because I, you know, I think she can do it by herself. Just like trying to be like framed framing himself as the good guy. Yeah. 
And a, a bunch of people like called him out and were like, bullshit, that's not true. And even her lawyer was saying like, oh, they're still going to like, they're still going to petition to get that information. Because mm-hmm. like, I think what what Britney can't say publicly and what her lawyer can't say publicly without evidence is that he has definitely been stealing from her and has yeah. definitely just like been abusing the conservatorship and making her seem like, you know, crazy so that he can keep pumping money out of her. Right. So... Um, I think he's seeing the writing on the wall and he's like trying to avoid uh, further litigation and jail time. So but yeah, but I mean, I guess the consequence of all this is she's almost out of this nightmare scenario. She's uh, another thing that I think people did not really know about her uh, before this kind of blew up last year was that she has had uh, an IED in for like I for like a really, really long time. Like she is not allowed to get married. She's not allowed to have kids. Like, so she's like, yeah, like she's petitioned to get it removed like several times. Like she's begged to get it removed and she can't get it removed. Yeah. So she can't get married. She can't have kids. And she's wanted more kids forever. And I think she's wanted to marry her partner, her current partner for a really long time. But she just can't do that without without her father's permission. This is egregious. It's really fucked up, you know. Um, And it. Yeah. How long has she been under conservatorship? Uh, 17 years. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. It's been a lot. It's a long ass time. It's, and there's it's like, real bad. There's like allegations that the whole family benefits from mm-hmm. from this, right? Like yeah. Jamie Lynn, her little sister. And- yeah, they're saying the little sister was kind of like in cahoots allegedly with the dad and that there were people close to her that were like her friends that were just basically, I think. I think that they were probably profiting off of it in some way. You know, mm-hmm. that she's a huge, famous, multimillionaire star, of course. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, this this just kind of all, go- all goes back to the fact that if one of the most famous women in the world, it took her 17 years mm-hmm. to be free of this shit, like, what chance does the average person have, you know, to ever get this shit figured out, you know, because she has right. millions of dollars and and she has, like, a team of lawyers helping her. So I, you know, I would be curious to know if there's anyone out there that's had experience with this um, that has either been, like, um, under conservatorship or is currently under conservatorship if you want to mm-hmm. write to us anonymously but you can reach out to us at hotgirlagenda at gmail.com if you want to write like a little open letter to us or yeah. you describe your experiences you can be as anonymous as possible but we want to hear how regular people have dealt with this in the past if you're mm-hmm. still still dealing with it um, yeah so it kind of just all goes back to the fact that like I don't know. Just let women fucking live their lives. Right. Just let just let people fucking live. Don't punish people for one mistake they made for the rest of their life. Like, Uh huh. And I think it also speaks to like even even without the conservatorship. Like, um, so I think it was Jamila Jamil made some argument that like, oh, you know, capitalism is good for women because like having access to finances, having access to money is means that I can like live my own life. And and you know, like, on a very, like, small scale, like, decontextualized and depoliticized way, like, I could see why someone would say that, but Mm -hmm. like you said, Britney Spears was at the top of the pop game and, like, is a superstar. Like, is... And is white. Like, an affluent white white woman. Affluent white woman. And it's, like, clearly, 
clearly all the money in the world didn't save her from being oppressed. Like, mm-hmm. we are looking at the subjugation of one of the most wealthy, the wealthiest and, uh, uh, you know, most connected white women in, in the U, white woman in the U.S. And I think that, you know, when you, when you look at that in the con, in the political context of, of capitalism, what you're seeing is that capitalism doesn't give a fuck. It does not mm-hmm. give a fuck if you have money. If if the profit motive is is not necessarily simply having money equals access, right? Like there's right. so much more there. There's so much more in terms of like the long term oppression of, you know, non men as a whole, and and how lucrative that is for profit. Uh, I think it was someone someone said something really good on Twitter the other day that capitalism is not just about profit and the efficient gain of profit. It's it's the ruthless and cruelty through right. the gain of profit, right? Like, so so it's not so much about, like, if you have money or not, suddenly doors open. And to a certain degree, right. degree they do. But it's literally the cruelty and the ruthlessness of maintaining the systems to allow these certain people to accrue not just wealth, but actual material power. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that all kind of feeds into one of the topics we'll be talking about today, which is the Texas abortion ban, which, mm. again, is just about controlling women's bodies, getting all these unruly sluts under control. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Never, bitch, these legs stay open 24-7. <laughs> it's 7-Eleven down here, babe. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, so... We can talk about the Texas abortion ban in a minute, but I did want to touch on what's been happening for the past week as well. I think it's actually been going on for like two weeks, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, The Nabisco strike. So Mm. pretty much I think like almost all of the factory, the Nabisco factories in the country are on strike right now. And we're going to. We're going to link a, a, a list of strike funds you can donate to. I encourage people to look locally for the ones that are are uh, happening around them. There's one in Norcross uh, up north of Atlanta that I've uh, donated to and that our, uh, a lot of our comrades locally have been like going at the picket line and talking mm-hmm. to the workers there and providing them with food and water and stuff. But honestly, in order for these pickets to work, in order for these strikes to work, they need a, a massive amount of financial support behind them from people like us Um, because going on strike means that they're not getting paid right now that their families you know needs are potentially um, not being met Uh, so it's so critical to support striking workers and I just encourage everyone if you even just have like five ten bucks to spare please do it it's so worth it and it's so important to show solidarity Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so uh, Yessie, have you heard of any factories near you that are striking? Um, I haven't. Um, but I I do agree that it's super important to support them. It looks like they've been on strike for like thirty days. Oh wow, that long? Yeah, okay. apparently. Like like I'm just seeing that right now. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a long fucking time, and and so that's why strike funds are so fucking critical. Uh, you know, because people people are out there. They're not making money. They're not working you know yeah. and they have families to feed um and so they need our support 100 yes. percent. like do you know what the the catalyst was or like what the demands are um i actually don't know what the demands are i didn't have time to link a list today but i know that one of the things that the employees were going through was that they were working sometimes 80 hours a week without breaks which Jesus. is against labor law 
Um, and the conditions were like really, really dangerous in the factory because, I mean, honestly, like any like no matter how safe, quote unquote, your workplace is mm-hmm. after work, after working in a factory for over 40 hours a week, the exhaustion makes it incredibly unsafe to work. You know, like any, anyone that's had a job where they're standing on their feet a lot or they're working more than eight hours at a time, you know that one of the things that, that you're in danger of is making a mistake because you're so tired. Right. So you could, you could have one of the safest uh, workplaces ever, but if you're suffering from exhaustion, your brain's not working right, your body's not working mm-hmm. right. There's a lot of mistakes to be potentially made. I mean, you know, it's this, it's kind of similar to what was happening at the Frito-Lay factories, yeah. which was they were, you know, they had they actually had really, really unsafe conditions and they were also suffering from exhaustion and they just overworked uh, for very little pay mm-hmm. and people were literally dying on the factory floor and their yeah. bodies being moved around so that the, the workers could continue working. It was that fucked up. And who knows? I think it's like I would love to know more about the Nabisco strike. I think I want to do more of a deep dive maybe if this continues in the next week. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just wanted to bring some attention to it because we hadn't talked about it yet. For sure. Today, I noticed on Twitter that Nabisco, because they're trying to get people to buy their products, they're like, oh, we're releasing this new Pokemon edition Oreos and you get like a like limited edition Pokemon cards or something in the Oreo packet. And basically, they're just trying to lure consumers to cross the picket line. And who knows? I don't know how strong of a tactic this is. I think it's a pretty good one because American consumers, like, they love special edition shit and Americans love Pokemon. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's going to be really hard to um, especially get kids from stuff because like kids like Pokemon so it's like it's going to be hard to like keep this leverage going if they keep going rolling out these tactics like this so I don't know I'm, I'm really I'm really praying for the workers that they get everything that they're asking for in their demands because that's a shit move on Nabisco's part honestly super shitty but it it looks like there are a lot of prominent like Pokemon gaming accounts that are like don't cross the picket line like Yay. I know we all want the like fancy Pokemon Oreos. I sound like a mom. The fancy Pokemon <laughs> Oreos. Um, Gamers on strike. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, but it looks like it looks like a lot of folks are like, don't do it. So hopefully, you know, hearing from from other people will will help stem that tide of folks buying those scab Oreos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can li- listen. Like they, it's just not that important, folks. Like limited edition, any like it's just not that fucking important. I don't understand. Like I don't really understand like hardcore collectors of anything. Um, mm-hmm. but especially for stuff like Pokemon, which is just like I, I don't know. It's just like grow, I, adults grow up. I don't know. So, so I actually, um, this is like kind of a tangential thing, but I think it might be good to point out to our collecting friends. So I worked in um, appraisals for an antique store when I was in college. Um, And the thing that I learned was that most limited edition things are like hyper produced. So they actually don't have that much value. They actually don't really matter all that much because they produce them as a like the limited edition like thing is a marketing gimmick to get Mm. more people to buy them. And because they're labeled limited edition, more people end up buying them. So the market is saturated. Like the after sale market is saturated with whatever this fucking limited edition thing is. It's not that valuable so if that's why you get into it you should probably like reconsider that and not buy these fucking oreos and keep them for 20 years because no one will care yeah and i i should say i'm like you know i'm not trying to be a hater on people like 
genuinely collecting cool stuff. And and the thing is, is like plenty of people make a living off of buying and selling cards. And I don't want to like knock that. And you know what? If it's your hobby to collect Pokemon cards, whatever. I, I was like shitting on you for no reason, really. Uh, I was not trying to be spicy. Um, it was a little bit reactionary of me, tr- truly. But yeah, like... Uh, it's like Jesse says, and you know, I've I worked in a card and game shop that my grandparents owned all, uh, when I was in high school, and it's true. Like a lot of these limited edition stuff, um, it's limited insofar as like maybe they're only producing it for a couple months at a time or something. Mm-hmm. But even so, you're still looking at a huge amount of product. And if we know anything about um, American companies, is that they have no problem just chucking product mm. um, if it's not moving. So what you're you might see too is this same shit that they're saying is limited edition go on sale for you know a couple like 50 cents a dollar less in a couple weeks and still be on the shelves so like it's not really worth crossing the picket line to like get potentially something that might make you money in a couple years down mm-hmm. the line you know so let's so- show some uh, solidarity to workers in that regard hey Okay, I wanted to talk about the unemployment thing, but I did no research on this. I just have seen some TikToks about it. It's uh, it's in uh, Michigan that's doing that? It's a bunch of states, but I've seen a oh, lot of... Oh, it's a bunch of states. Fr- I saw a thread of people from Michigan reporting that they had to, like, pay back. Their, they were getting letters that saying, you have to pay back X amount of your unemployment. And it was, like, sometimes half, sometimes all of it. And people are just now getting this letters after unemployment is ending uh, for a bunch of different states. So... It looks like, yeah, that they may have to repay... Like, so so a bunch of people, it looks like 700,000 people in Michigan received a letter notifying them that they may have to repay their uh, pandemic unemployment benefits from the last 18 months. It looks like the majority of those letters may not actually like so what they're doing right now is basically an audit. Right. Because like Mm. the the system was so um, overburdened and mismanaged by surprise by like electeds by, you know, by the like rigor uh the austerity measures of the like state government that they just kind of gave out money where they could which they should have anyway and now they're doing like somewhat of an audit to see like okay who was quote-unquote defrauding the system who got benefits that didn't deserve them or what or didn't didn't qualify right so like on the one hand on the one hand like Okay, like, that's how bureaucracy works, whatever. On the other hand, like, fuck you. Like, everyone suffered so much. And the the rules for, like, unemployment insurance, like, the the qualification, the criteria, are already stringent as hell. Like, Mm -hmm. people who are deserving of funds to get by, especially during this fucking pandemic where, like, you can go outside, but now you can't go outside. You can work, but now you can't work. You, Mm -hmm. you know, like, there's the... Uh, you know the 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 delta wave and then there's now the mu wave and there's like you know whatever sigma ligma whatever these things have destabilized people so much that like people should just be getting free fucking money like yeah absolutely like yeah this is this is egregious it's egregious and it's like i I'm seeing like a lot of sentiment towards organizing some kind of legislation around this, uh, at least from the people from Michigan that I saw posting about it. But apparently on TikTok, there's like thousands of these videos going around of people getting these notes and they're and saying like, uh, yeah, I'm a hairstylist. And last year I couldn't work for most of the year. So mm-hmm. like, how am I supposed to pay this back now when I'm basically still recovering? 
you know? And I think this is a potentially very radicalizing thing for a lot of people if they weren't already radicalized because I don't know what, I I mean, I think you can appeal this, by the way. I think that you can actually file to appeal this, but the fact that they are putting people under this much stress after Mm -hmm. an already super, super stressful and traumatic um, almost two years now, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it just shows that this is a system that needs to be completely dismantled and rebuilt from the ground up because Mm -hmm. it is just not protect it's really not protecting people and it's not doing any good if the government's like oh here's ten thousand dollars of unemployment and then a year later by the way we didn't tell you this at the time but we need like 5k of that back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like what is what is that it's so shitty and it's happening in other states too like and and in other programs like i i've got folks who are on um who have ebt who have like you know like uh like uh snap cards or ebt like uh government assisted uh food program stuff um and they got certain amounts of money on their card right because it's mm-hmm. like a debit card and then they're being asked to pay it back like they're like <laughs> oh we overgave you your ebt so now you need to pay this but it's like that's your job like that's, that's your fucking problem like your fucking job <laughs> your job is to assess your shitty criteria and then allocate the appropriate funds based on your fucking racist classes rubric rubric right if you give somebody like a, a grand more like mm-hmm. that's that's your fault like that's not my fault i shouldn't have to pay that back like right. i shouldn't have to like deal with that like that's your fucking problem. But also just like the logic behind that of like, wait, this these are people that needed a service. Mm-hmm. Like they needed food because they can't pay for it already. Right. And so you're going to ask those same people who started out in a position of lacking to like give back the thing that they still need. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense. And it's so cruel and it's so shitty. Mm -hmm. And I really hope um, people from Michigan and other states that are doing this rally around each other. And it just sucks because it's like, where are the politicians that are supposed to be, like where are the progressive politicians in these fucking blue states that are supposed to be helping everybody. Like, what the fuck are y'all working on? Like, Mm -hmm. that is more important than this, than keeping people from sliding into fucking homelessness. And I was reading uh, something uh, on Twitter about this, and someone commented saying, like, oh, yeah, this happened to my friend um, a couple years ago, not with the pandemic stuff, which is, like, regular unemployment stuff. And they got a letter like this, and they killed themselves. And it's just, like... That's you know, horrific. We're losing people. We're lo- mm-hmm. we're it's causing so much trauma. It's causing so much loss of actual human life when you fuck mm-hmm. with people like this. And uh, yeah, I don't have a solution for it. All I can say is I really hope that the people that are suffering from this can kind of get together and figure out what they want to see out of like a policy going forward. Because at this point, I don't know why anyone would try to even pay it back at all. Like I would. Yeah. It's kind of like the thing that was happening in Texas after all those snowstorms. It's like them, like the uh, power company trying to charge them fucking like $10,000 for their fucking, was it power or fuel bill or whatever? Gas oh, bill or yeah, whatever? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just like, how much more do you think people can take? Like, mm-hmm. we live in an economy that is based on like purchasing of goods and services. If people don't have fucking money to purchase shit, like, what do you think is going to happen to the economy then? If people are just continually paying back debt or like paying back money the government gave them, like, where do you think, like, 
your consumers are going to come from if you keep mm-hmm. fucking over regular people? And right. the answer is that they don't have an answer because they like capitalism just exists to feed itself. So they think that they can just keep the machine running like this and no one's going to like, you know, throw Do a Molotov in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if you are someone who got one of these letters in Michigan or if you are someone who wants to talk about um, any of these like repayment things for safety net programs, uh, yes. hit us up. Hit us up. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at Hot Girl Agenda. Email us, hotgirlagenda at gmail. Um, we want to hear from y'all and maybe, yeah. you know, we can use our, our our little podcast to help you connect to other folks because uh, I, I think that's important too. Yeah, absolutely. Together, we can fucking fight this shit. I'm, I'm always going to be screaming that from the rooftops. Mm. Um, speaking of fighting shit, let's talk about the Texas abortion ban. Oh, boy. Because it is a ban. And, you know, we don't have to go in, like, the specifics of this necessarily because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people have been talking about it. But it's basically it, it is effectively a ban. They're calling, mm-hmm. you know, it's what they call a heartbeat bill. It's kind of like what they tried to pass in Georgia. Um, I think it was like two years ago and that people mobilized around to stop. But basically it bans it bans all abortions, no exceptions. What is it? Uh, six weeks after a pregnancy starts, I guess. Well, so like, it, that means it's six weeks after your um, the first day of your last period. Right. Six weeks after the first day of your last period, which, you know, if you are a person uh, with a uterus, then you know that it's ridiculous because very rarely does anyone find out that they're pregnant that early. Yeah. I, I found mean, yes, out. Yes, yeah. What did yeah, you find out? I've, I found out six weeks from the last day of my last period. So, like, what, that's already, like, 29 days after the fact, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I would have, I, w- I wouldn't have been able to have an abortion, you know, right? if I, if I had chosen to have an abortion, like, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I had already missed the cutoff because yeah. the cutoff is so absurd that, like, no one can make that. You wouldn't even fucking know. Like, you wouldn't yeah. know by that point. You just wouldn't know unless you're like super duper super regular on your menstrual cycle like which you know a lot of people with uteruses are not. I'm not Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so I was just like it'll get here when it gets here. You know? And also accidents happen like I mean birth control is not infallible like things right. happen that things happen that affect your birth control it um, it affects you know people that take like the pill like me you know there's times when you just you know you go a couple days without it or something or there's a lapse in like you being able to get it which has happened mm-hmm. to me when I've been very very broke I've been like oh I cannot afford the $20 for my birth control like I have to literally wait for it and it's a very 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 scary thing to go through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is just, you know, it's just more of the war on fucking, it's just a, more of a war on people who can get pregnant. It's just about control and, and, the, and fucking the government. Poor people. Yeah, and poor people, especially because, listen, if you're rich, you can fucking leave Texas and get an abortion. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. also, apparently now in Mexico, you can go get an abortion. So, hey. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, tourists from Texas to Mexico because... Honestly, why wouldn't you? It's it's probably your closest, cheapest option. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you don't tell anybody about it, apparently. <laughs> right. Yeah, because that's another consequence of this is that there's now bounty hunters for abortions. In no fucking Texas. way. I yeah, didn't, they're, I they're, didn't they're, hear about that. That's... That, you didn't hear about so, that? No. Yeah, they they're setting up websites. Uh, so I, I posted about it a couple weeks ago, but they they they're setting up websites in Texas where you can apor- report people that you suspect are uh, going to have an abortion or have had an abortion mm-hmm. and report them for a for like a 
uh, bounty. So we're just basically now inviting strangers to speculate on, uh, <laughs> on you know, oh, this per- oh, I think this person yeah. was pregnant and they had an abortion. Like, Get look at- and yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. And even if they did, fuck, like, what? Like, so. <sighs> This is a, it's just this bad is all awful. around. Like it's it's awful. It's basically like a, a like a fucking hunt on people mm-hmm. on femmes and women and shit. And yeah. like it's yeah. it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it's super fucked up. So I guess right now, Mer- the AG Merrick Garland was like, yeah, we we'll, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna see about challenging this this ban, but like didn't give any any like plan or timeline or anything. It was just like we'll see about challenging it, which like jerk off motion, right? Right. What I want to make clear is so like in Chile, in Mexico, in in all of the, in Ireland, all of the places where where like abortion laws were changed, uh was Poland a couple years ago, those things didn't happen because like their version of the attorney general was like we're going to we're going to challenge this in the halls of justice and people mm-hmm. just sat on their hands were like cool cool. Those things happen because people with uteruses, primarily women, but like Everybody with a uterus like went out into the fucking streets and under the that green feminist banner and said like enough is enough. And they, yeah. they took power into their own hands through direct action, through organizing, and they said enough is enough. And so I think, you know, it's, it's easy. I, I feel like it's easy for me to say in California, you know, where where I can get an abortion relatively easy. But like. There are so there are like um, legislative like right wing houses that that just churn out this model legislation over and over and over again. We already know that Florida's like, oh, I'm gonna be on that tip real soon, mm-hmm. um, just like Texas. And there these things spread and they affect, as Rara said, like poor people of color, you know. And so primarily, right? And so and so if we want to do anything about this, we can't wait for like the slow, uh, you know, slog of government to do something on our behalf. We need to right. like take power and we need to, to organize around this. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's an issue that often gets pushed into kind of like climate justice. It's an issue that often gets pushed into liberal terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, we, we get a lot of comrades who don't super care about this thing um because it's not like a class it's not workers or something but obviously it does fucking affect workers because like people with uteruses are workers and so so i think just as we've seen in a a resurgence of like a like a socialist leftist like understanding of ecology and, and environmental movements we need to see a socialist a socialist leftist uh resurgence of feminist politic or, or a feminist movement here in um in the u.s as well and so yeah i mean again like i recognize my privilege in being in a state where it's a lot easier to to get an abortion and to have like sexual health care but i also like i really hope that we can organize around this and do something really positive um and push back yeah absolutely and i i think uh you know you're you're totally like on the money with the you know, the liberal feminists have been co-opting the struggle for abortion rights for a really long time. And totally. so you've, we've seen the narratives change around it, right? Like over the, even like the last decade or so of just like, oh, well, if I don't, you know, oh, if, if life starts at six weeks after conception, then does child support start after that? And does that, and it's like, okay, those are, 
you know, fun little rhetorical games you can play. But mm-hmm. what you're really like, what you're really taking away the the importance of is that abortion is ethical. Mm-hmm. It's it should be legal and it should be widely accessible. And like we need to keep the focus on that, that it is a necessary procedure. We don't want to like this this focus to be on like, oh, well, then whoever impregnates the person should pay child support and it, they can take out a life insurance policy on a right. fetus. And, it, you know, it just like it obscures the point of exactly. that we just need that we need this fucking necessary procedure. It is like so critical to like over half the population and the families of over half those population. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just an incredibly like I don't know, it, it's really hard because it does feel like a lot of a lot of movement around abortion issues is very reactionary to mm-hmm, because it, mm-hmm. there's we're always just responding to some, some random fucking law. Totally. And it's like again, I I want to know what the plan is to petition these so-called progressive leaders to actually take a stand on this shit. Because remember when Hillary was like flip-flopping and shit on fucking abortion when she was running for office? It's like, no, no, no. We need to demand that these progressive politicians actually fucking do shit now. Like this is, you know, like they have the majority. They need to fucking do stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. those are the people we need to be pressuring because we, we cannot fucking like rely on conservatives developing a fucking moral compass on this shit we need to fucking hold people accountable that we're campaigning on these fucking rights to get elected Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we cannot have them just kicking back fundraising off of it without any fucking results and i and i got in a little bit of heat kind of on face uh, on uh, twitter for posting about planned parenthood and how ineffectual they are as an organization but I'm sorry, if your CEO of your feminist fucking uh, clinic mm-hmm. is making uh, half a million dollars a year in salary and we're like losing th- and it's the biggest fucking. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's the biggest healthcare like nonprofit uh, for people with uteruses, mm-hmm. and they're always talking about how they provide abortions. It's like, where is the money going, right, to lobby for actual change that we want? Like, where is the actual change coming? Because I see a lot of, mm-hmm. I see a lot of fundraising from Planned Parenthood every time something like this happens. What I right. don't see is actual fucking legislation being passed anywhere that protects us. You know, right. And another thing, too, is just like Biden could make an executive order right now to stop all this shit. And Mm -hmm. and there's just so much that could be done that isn't being done. And I think people looking to NGOs to solve this crisis all over again, we've already shown that that's not going to fucking work. So we need some new fucking solutions to this shit. Yeah, I mean, libs are too busy sniffing their own farts and, you know, getting into the whole like checkmate conservatives like online it's like yeah like logic bombing them like okay they don't care they don't care about it they don't fucking care and guess what like they're still writing they're still churning out that uh that model ledge and getting it to every conservative state ledge in the country or municipal ledge or what fucking ever they're still They've got the upper hand. They've got real power. And you're like smug, sanctimonious, like, I got you there is is yeah. is nothing. It's it doesn't nothing. do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and so I'm just I've been encouraging people to to donate to abortion funds specifically that are going towards people getting abortions in Texas because Nice. Planned Parenthood has enough money. I'm sorry. Like, we don't need to be fucking doing this shit anymore. Like, their whole fucking thing for as long as I've been a fucking adult has been how gr- we're so great. We do this, da 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 da. 
And it's like, all right, but but like, how great are you if you haven't protected us really and you're getting mm-hmm. so much fucking money every year you mm-hmm. know so it, that's a frustration for me and again like people can be like oh why aren't you going after conservatives because conservatives aren't pretending to be the good guys like right conservatives aren't being like yeah i got you oh yeah i'm on your side no it's it's the liberals that are saying this so it's right. the liberals we have to fucking be like oh no you're you say you're on our side so now you actually need to fucking prove it yeah it's like Malcolm X said, right? Like, you know a conservative, like a, a Republican or a right-winger is who they say they are. But, mm-hmm. like, the, the Democrats, the the libs, are the ones that you got to watch out for because they come up to you. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're the ones, they're the ones that are saying that they're on our team. And yeah. that's why we have to take them to task. It's not divisive. It's ensuring that the basic modicum of actual movement and actual like results that support working people and people of color and you know you know people with uteruses like those basic basic things we're asking for those fundamental Mm -hmm. things that we're demanding are agreed to across the board and they're Mm -hmm. not right now so so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna light them up yeah absolutely and um and if you're doing political work around this we want to hear from you because we want to see like bold proactive solutions to this going forward we don't need any more promises from Mm -hmm. nonprofit Mm -hmm. organizations and politicians we want to see some fucking legislation we want to see like strikes because honestly I really don't know how people in Texas do it. And I live in Georgia, so I know how Mm -hmm. fucking hard this shit can be. But, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how much more Texans can take, honestly, because uh, it's it's a just think about like what. But even if you disagreed with abortion, like, okay, or you're like on the fence about it morally for religious or cultural reasons. All right. Mm -hmm. Think about what your government could be doing for you right now in Texas uh, that could be infinitely more useful than whatever the fuck this is. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's because it's not for them. It's it's just about control. And they they prey on people's um, they prey on people's kind of like cultural sensitivity to like ah oh, babies and kids like mm-hmm, they're so important mm-hmm. and they and they prey on that because people are on the fence about it they'll settle for this this kind of fucking uh, treatment to and fucking or rather mistreatment from their fucking government. Mm-hmm. I do want to know um, so for our listeners like what's one thing they can do. Uh, right now to to help people with uteruses in Texas, to people who need abortions. Yeah, yeah we want to hear from about that. And then we also, uh, one of our Patreon patrons, Sasha, actually uh, gave me this link. It's called aidaccess.org, and it's based in Europe. And what they will do is they will do a video consultation with you, and they will mail you abortion pills. Nice! Discreetly and confidentially. And uh, I will link that in the show description. And I will also link the Texas abortion funds that you can donate to um, that are doing really good on the ground work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we I know I've been rambling about this for a minute now, but it's just keep going. It's just like incredible because governor, the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott said was like, oh, well, you know, when people were asking him, when reporters were asking him, you know, like, why aren't there any exceptions for sexual assault and like rape cases and incest Mm -hmm. and shit Mm -hmm. like that? And he was just like, well, we'll we'll just eliminate rape. We're just going to eliminate rape. Oh, you. So that doesn't happen. You stupid fucking fuck. It's like they think you're stupid, y'all. They like. And they also, like, that shows that they just don't have an understanding of, like, it. first of all, like, even if you were to read that 
in in good faith like mm-hmm. and say like okay like maybe you know maybe this isn't just like a fucking cruel joke because that's what it is right yeah but like even if you were re- to read that with like even a little bit of good faith that just shows like how much how like how out of touch these fucking male like men lawmakers and these conservative lawmakers because not just men mm-hmm. are are with with people like, yeah. you, they don't understand that you can't just, quote unquote, eliminate rape because there's a pervasive culture that targets, in particular, women. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, uh, there is like, deep work that we need to do. And, and that culture is fed by these, like, anti-abortion bans, by these, by these, this legislation that removes health care and treats people with uteruses, namely women, like they're not, they're, they don't have agency and they're not people. Yeah. Like, it's all fucking part and parcel. And also, it just has a really insidious tone to it. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to eliminate rape. And it's like, well, we already know that disproportionately people of color are picked up by police. For, mm-hmm. and, and and we know that. So if you apply that same like, yeah, we're going to eliminate rapists. It's like, so what? Wait, so we're going to replicate this exact unjust racist system and then apply it to these rape cases and like, I don't know, like, what's the I don't know if this there's some kind of legislation that is going to follow this that is like stronger sentencing on rape or something. But mm-hmm. we already know that it's going to be fucking racist and it's going to be disproportionately black and brown men that are going to be arrested for this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like that could also mean that cops will be even less inclined to to file reports uh, on rapes. Because they don't want to have those statistics, right? So they're going to like what? Like maybe just drop paperwork for rape cases so that they don't have rape on the books. I don't know. They get, what, what? What does that mean? You know? Am I just being like, is this like totally far fetched, or is that something that could happen? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, I feel like we have like historical precedent for for like the the foundation of that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's really hard to say. Uh, suffice to say that like this is all bad. <laughs> like yeah. But also like you know what what this could mean is that. Uh, rape cases are even more difficult to try because they'll mm-hmm. need more evidence for it if they're mm-hmm. going to really like try to bring the hammer down on on rape, right? So they're going to be even more difficult to uh, investigate and try in the in court. So that's one way to get your numbers down is to just be like, oh yeah, no, we investigated this case and we found the person not guilty. Like, mm-hmm. you know, or or like, and this is something that cops already do is discouraging people from making these reports in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially in situations of of like uh, the rapist being like your domestic partner or something, you know? So there's already like precedent for this. So it's like when that little sentence like, oh yeah, I would just eliminate, we're going to eliminate rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could carry so many repercussions with it. Totally. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's pretty bleak, but there's, again, there's always a thread of hope to be found through all of this. Mm-hmm. And it's that we work together and we support Texans that are trying to reverse the shit and we put pressure on our government, especially at the federal level, to fucking mm-hmm. protect us. So definitely. And if you're an organizer in Texas or a healthcare, sexual healthcare provider in in Texas, hit us up. We would love yes. to have you on to talk about this and the ways that we can support the important work that you're doing because we definitely want to. We obviously we think it's critical. So hit us up. Totally. Oh, yesy. 
<laughs> you know, like, the world is going to fucking hell in a handbasket, it feels like, and every day there's, like, a new terrible thing, but, like, it honestly just affirms my belief that when we organize, like, things change, and, mm-hmm. and we win, you know? Yeah. Especially when we organize in a multifaceted way, when we are not putting all of our eggs in one basket and we are being dynamic, we are using direct action tactics, we are, you know, putting pressure on electeds, we are creating mutual aid networks, we are, you know, addressing specific issues as like part of a constellation of the greater, you know, the greater problem of the hegemony and capitalism. When we are, when we are together, we win. Yes, absolutely. I I think that's like really important to to keep in mind because like what happened in Mexico, like that shit is fire. And that was a a broad network of Mm -hmm. uh, organizers and, and, you know, people in the street. And I think, you know. And Mexico is an extremely Catholic country. Like mm-hmm, that's what's mm-hmm. that's what's so cool about that um, is which I don't know if you saw that tweet from that lady that was like, I can't believe Mexico is further along in human rights than we are. That lady <laughs> that everyone was dunking on. Oh, no, I'm glad I didn't see it. I, I think I would have popped a blood vessel in my eyeball. Oh, she got ratioed pretty hard. Hell yeah. Um, Hell and rightfully yeah. so, because it yeah. was like a liberal lady with Black Lives Matter in her bio. Of course, it's like y'all just just think before you tweet i'm asking i'm begging you like if you're for some reason a liberal listening to this podcast if you're for some reason a liberal listening to this podcast read read some marks and read some read the bread book and and then check your brethren check your brethren seriously (laughs) yeah because uh it should not be surprising that Mexico is more progressive than us like unless you're like still really really convinced that this country is free and that this country is representative of its citizens like you need to like fucking just divorce yourself of that thought because Mm -hmm. you know what it's just not true it's demonstrably untrue no matter where you look no matter what aspect of American life you look at it's just not true that our government represents us in any fucking way it represents a really small minority of radicalized white supremacists so like we need to be fucking fighting that and you Mm -hmm. need to like recognize it from the get like it's just so funny because when you see comments like on social media and stuff like how could they do this texas (laughs) doesn't care about women it's like where have you been like yeah duh bitch that's like that's that's just the norm (laughs) no but like california doesn't care about women like nowhere in this fucking imperialist hellhole cares about women cares about people with uteruses cares about poor people cares about shit but maintaining the economic and uh racial stratification that props up capitalism like yeah where you been but the thing is is like and i understand it it's acknowledging it is like the easy part though in my opinion acknowledging Mm -hmm. it is the easy part it's figuring out which way to go from there that is the hard part especially if you are you know a more liberal or leftist person in a really conservative area it's like what do you do we're not saying we have all the answers to that but we're saying you know what's not going to help is like giving up and what's not Mm -hmm. going to help is denying reality Like, those are both things that were just going to harm you and other people the longer you do it. So the the sooner you can snap out of it and realize that there is a problem and acknowledge it openly, the sooner you can get around to being part of the solution to it. Yeah. 
So I think that's like a pretty good place to end today. We, yeah. you know, this is all again. This is we talk about some grim shit on this show, but we we are you know overall pretty optimistic about what we can achieve together. Mm-hmm. Because listen, the more people that are suffering, the more people are going to be radicalized, and we need to figure out what that radicalization is going to look like. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Well, thanks, y'all, for joining us. This is a free episode, but we have... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we have a ton of really amazing content on our Patreon. Um, So please, if you like what we do, if you're a lib who follows us because we're hot, uh, give us your money. (laughs) Especially especially you. Give us double money. Um, Yeah, yeah. please. I got to pay a fucking traffic ticket. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Help Rara pay her traffic ticket. Like... Um, but no, it does, it does take a lot of resources to put this show on and your support helps us keep doing this. Uh, Rara, what's the link to the Patreon? It's patreon.com slash hot girl agenda. And yes, the more compensation we get for this, the more time I have to research these topics. (laughs) Everybody wins. (laughs) Yay. Yay. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining the broadcast and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.